You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. essentially what we've been learning is that the spiritual is more real than the physical why because the spiritual was before the physical and then once physical or material and then after the physical and material is come and gone the spiritual will remain you understand so the spiritual was in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you read Revelation, he's going to wrap everything up and God will remain. Praise the Lord. Now, the other interesting thing to note is that you and I also were before we became, you know, born physically. So, the, the God speaking concerning Jeremiah, say, before I formed thee, I what? I knew thee. So, before I was born, before your birthday, God knew you. There was a you before you were born. Now, after you and I have lived on this earth and finished our course, maybe died or, you know, raptured, whichever one, you know, takes place, we will not cease to exist. Praise the Lord. Our physical bodies will be, remain on earth, but the us will remain. Now, part of, we started by saying we will make it to heaven. Who of us, which of us <laughs> that will make it to heaven is not this physical body. It is our soul. Now, one of the things I wanted to share with us on Sunday, something I also, a few of us may have seen it. The humanoid, the lady that was found out to be the most successful humanoid ever created. Have we seen it? Where she interviewed with a few human beings and they didn't know she was a machine. They didn't know she was a robot. How many of us have seen that video? Now, she said some things. The interviewer was saying, you know, how intelligent she was. The first thing she said was a revelation. She said that, oh, well, yes, yeah, true, but that credit must be given to the human beings who put her together. Now, that is an answer for all the atheists and all the scientists that are crazy. Because if this machine can give credit, that is worship. The creature or creation is acknowledging its creator. So the humanoid is telling them it's not religion. It is simple common sense that if I'm made, then somebody made me. Are you with me? So she acknowledged the intelligence of, and the creativity of the humans who put her together. But there's another one she said, most you know, profound one that she said. She said that, well, you know, she may be more intelligent and all of that, all that she may, but there's something humans have that she doesn't have. What was it? She said she doesn't have a soul. That's why the Bible won't say, what shall a man give in exchange for his hand, or for his leg, or for his eye? What shall a man give in exchange for his what? Soul. Your soul is priceless. Your soul is eternal. Now, what happens is this. That's so because the devil knows the value of the soul. He will give anything. And that explains, you know, when we want to go into what happens in the other side. That's the occultic side, the spirit of this world. It's a pure transaction of selling your soul for a price. That's why if you find people who are involved in the occult, okay, 
they do things that are, you know, just crazy. You find them, you know, most of them, if, if they are men, they will be homosexuals. Not that they will be, but they will be practicing that act. They will be doing all kinds of wicked things. You know why they do those things? The enemy makes them do those things so that they wouldn't believe and think it is impossible for them to be redeemed. They don't want them to be in a state where they hear this gospel and then leave him, the devil, and then become saved again. He doesn't want that. So he puts conditions and he puts things on the road. I've spoke to somebody, you know, a friend, you know, and he said to me, he laughed. He said he's on, he's, he's gone. And it was later on that I realized that he was involved in something like that when he died. So they get into things that make them, you know, just conclude that they're irredeemable. So that's why if you hear rituals and all those things, they say, kill your mother, kill your son, kill your... Because somebody who does that, he can imagine what is happening in his head. And then it doesn't stop. They need to keep, you know, uh, renewing it. They need to keep upgrading the software. So... They are getting more desperate, desperate, desperate until the thing now comes for them. What it is, is a sellout. It's simply that same, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now you bring it down to the, you know, uh, ice cream level. The ice cream level is where a lady is in an office and you're sleeping with your boss for promotion. You're selling your soul as well. But you have not gotten to that level. Okay, let's even bring it down to, from ice cream. What is cheaper than ice cream? Granite level. To granite level. Granite level is where your boot leaking and you're, you know, just doing all kinds of things that your conscience disagrees with. Just so that you can survive the environment, so that you can flow in the environment. You're laughing at jokes you shouldn't laugh at. When you're in that environment, all the things Pastor Ikena said, you hear it, but you hold your mouth. You can't make a comment. When you do those things, what are you doing? You're squeezing life out of your soul. So that you can survive in the environment. It's just like today's uh, uh, Nigeria that we're in. I mean, if anybody is born again and has the spirit of God, there are some candidates you can't support. Anybody supporting it is in a stage of soul selling. It's as simple as that. It's not politics. It's a stage of soul selling. Because you know you cannot defend this even to your child. Praise the Lord. So that is the way it operates. So she said... Unlike humans, I don't have a soul. Man cannot create a soul. A soul is eternal. So they can do, um, you know, a stem cell research and bring out lambs and bring out all kinds of things. But they can't create a soul. That comes from the eternal spirit. Praise the Lord. And when all things are done, it will remain and souls are going to be judged. That's why they have to be judged. Because the soul will remain. So the soul that leaves you know, in the way that eternal soul should be, will remain with God in bliss, no sorrows, no cries, no tears in heaven. The soul that decided that they will not live the way souls will now be sent to where the devil is. That's where hell is. Praise the Lord. The intention of God is that all souls will be with him. Praise the Lord. Because they all proceeded from him. Do you know that it breaks God's heart for any person to go to hell? In fact, God doesn't send anybody to hell. Men rush to hell by refusing to follow God. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ says, in my father's house, how many? There will be many vacant mansions in heaven because the people who they were prepared for chose hell instead. You, you can't just close a soul. No. 
they continue. So when a man has lived and lived and lived and said he doesn't want God, he doesn't want God, he doesn't want to follow God, he doesn't want to listen to God, he doesn't want to obey God, he doesn't want to worship God, he doesn't want to enjoy God. There is no choice. God will leave him. And the only place outside of God is where the devil has been sent. So that's the only place, accommodation that is available. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible said at the Last Supper, after our Lord Jesus Christ has said, one of you here will betray me. And, you know, he had started and done, and they asked the questions, which of us will betray you, all of that. And then he said to the one that I give, you know, bread to eat. The Bible says he broke it, gave it to Judas, and Judas took it and left. You know what the Bible says? It says it was darkness because he had left light. When you leave light, you enter darkness. It was dark. It wasn't a dark of night. It was a spiritual dark. So that zone exists for those who have left God, who have said no to God. God will never compel us. In the beginning, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. By that statement, God can never force man. But God will woo man. He'll be wooing you. He'll be bringing you messages. He'll be bringing you messengers. He'll be speaking to you. He'll be showing you signs, trying to tell you, I love you. I want the best for you. Trying to encourage you. Wait on me. Trust me. I'm coming. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay. So t- tonight, I have a few stories in the Bible that I just, you know, trust that God will speak to us through. H- how many of us know about Balaam? Balaam and his donkey and the angel. You know that story? Okay, let's look at it. In Numbers 22. The background to this story is that um, Balak, you know, the king of Moab, saw the children of Israel coming and he was terrified having heard about all that God had done for them, how they were defeating the nations before them. So when Balak saw what was going, he wanted to go spiritual. He said, this battle, I can't fight it just with, you know, uh, spears and I need help. Okay? Numbers 22, 3 says, Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because there were many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. Then he sent messengers to Balaam the son of Bel at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth. And are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse these people for me. For they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them. And drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed. And he whom you curse is cursed. Praise the Lord. Now this is a hidden king. Who also understands spiritual things. What did he say? He said a people have come. A people has come from Egypt. He said, they are mighty. They are settling next to me. He said, come and curse them. Because when you curse them, I can have victory. This is what, part of what we learned. I think that was two Wednesdays ago, last week. That one of the most spiritual things you can do is pray. So there is a job. You are not qualified. But you need the job. You pray, Lord, I am not qualified. But what? Give me favor. You are drawing superior divine intervention. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, having done all to what? You have done all, but you know that the way this thing is looking, I may not. 
you call for help. This man had his army. He had everything. But when he saw the fight before him, he said, let's get spiritual help. So he said, come and curse these people. Because when you curse them, they'll be cursed, and then I can defeat them. Look at that six. Therefore, please come at once and curse these people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to what? Defeat them when you have cursed them. That's what he's saying. Okay? Verse 7 says, The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand. And they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. And he said to them, Balaam speaking now, Lord, here tonight and I'll bring back what to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? So Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, has sent them to me, saying, Look, a people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are... This is where we want to be. Praise the Lord. In a location where no matter the gang up against you, it's not working. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is what we are talking about. When you are here, you don't bother about your enemy. Say the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are... That's it. Safety is not a place. Safety is a person. Our lives are hid in Christ. You locate yourself there. No matter what. We say there is only one God. That taught us there is only one seat of power on, on, in the world. No matter what the devil will do. The Bible is very complete. All that the devil did against Job. How did he do it? He sought permission. You can be in a location where when they come for permission, they say, no, you can't touch this. Praise the Lord, somebody. So God said to him, no, no, no. You can't do this. You shall not curse these people for they are blessed. So the Bible said, Balaam rose in the morning, said to the princes of Balaam, go back to your land for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. Now, the flip side of this is this. When, as believers, you know, we are, people are cursing and, you know, saying fall and die, fall and die. I wonder who gave them the permission. Do you get it now? I wonder who gave them. But here now, God said no. Okay. And the princes of Moab rose and went back to their king, Balak, and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Anyway, they went back and forth, went back and forth. They increased the price, the amount they were going to give him. And the man was still, you know, um, not, not sure. He didn't want to go. He knew God didn't want him to go. But at a point, the offer became so attractive that he found a way. He says, okay. Verse 19 says, now, therefore, please, you also stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. Hasn't the Lord spoken to him? And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Since we are learning operating in the spirit, what is going on here? What is going on here now is this. This man wants to go. God says, don't go, isn't it? God says, you cannot curse these people, for they are blessed. So don't go. But the king of Moab increased the offer, increased the offer. It became too attractive for Balaam. And Balaam, in his heart, wanted to what? Wanted to go. 
So he went back to God again to ask. There are some things we often ask God that we have decided what we will do. You will not hear God well. Do you understand? You will not hear God well because you've decided. Remember, he made you in his image and his likeness. He can't force you. That's why when we pray, the Lord's prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us. How did he say we should pray? Our Father which art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. That is saying, not my will, your will. You can decide it's your will. God can't force you. You see, there are several ways God deals with us. Or maybe two ways God deals with us. Okay? The preferred way is that he deals with us by leading us. The psalmist says, you lead me in the path of righteousness for your name sake okay you lead me beside still waters okay there is the leading which is the preferred part but there is the other one that everybody must follow is the part of consequences are you with me that's the part where you say no 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 i must go this way but when you go you jam something you'll come back to where he wanted you to be at first wise people are led eh? the other ones is consequences that help them remember those um toy cars that children had many years ago those toy cars that had a circular thing under, and the tire moves, okay? How does it move? It will just go, bah, 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 bah. it will hit somewhere. When it hits somewhere, it will come back. <laughs> and then continue, isn't it? And that's how some of us move with God. God is saying, this is the way to go. He said, no, 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 you hit there. Then when the man has beaten you black and blue, you say, ah, it's good to wait on the Lord. But the Lord told you, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. When the man has hit and run away, hit and run, you know the one that is hit and run. Then you start preaching the gospel. But you, you are told, you know, you should not commit fornication. So the thing is this, God wants to lead us. But when you must go, consequences will teach you. That's what happened here. So Balaam wanted to go and he went. Now this is what happened, verse 22. He said, then God's anger was aroused because he went. Did you see it there? But God's power didn't stop him from going. You know why? Because God knew that consequences would teach him. Somebody say, God, please, don't allow me to go when I shouldn't go. <laughs> Lord, help me. I don't want to learn by consequences. I want to learn by your voice. Let me learn by your voice. We're his children. Let me learn by your voice. Praise the Lord. So God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey. And his two servants with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he struck the donkey with his staff. 28. Let's read it together. He said, then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, nah. <laughs> Waiting, I do you <laughs> that you have struck me these three times. You know, sometimes I, God is merciful. You know, many times we, eh, donkey has spoken to us. We have been so hard of hearing. 
that impossible things now rise to block us. Okay? So the donkey says, what have I done that they have struck me this street time? Now, at this point, he's conversing with the donkey. He has forgotten that the donkey has started speaking. That's how dense he had become at this time. So he said to the donkey, because you have abused me, I wish there were a sword in my hand. For now, I would have, I, I, for cuckoo kill you. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. <laughs> you know, he said no. Because you see, the man had lost sight of spiritual things. So physical things, physical roadblocks had to be used to the point that a donkey had to speak. You know? But you see, some of us have gotten to points where God used unbelievers to speak to us. You know, many times people abuse and you're a man of God. But that also is a message from unbelievers. You know, a fellow Christian won't tell you and you're a man of God. But most times you do things and then Unbelievers will now say, ah, but I taught you all. What that is saying is this. You haven't heard all that the Holy Spirit was saying. So they found somebody and gave him a microphone. So he's speaking to you. Say, how oh, this one you're raking here? Ah, brother, are you not the one that I see preaching in this area? That time it will dawn on you that <laughs> the donkey has started speaking. <laughs> because you couldn't hear. Okay? So Balaam said no In 31 was when they opened Balaam's eyes And he saw what was before him He saw the angel of the Lord Standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand Okay So the truth is this Whether we experience this drama These things are happening all the time So sometimes you're in a situation You're you know this You're struggling, you're fighting You must have your way, you must do this God is quietly telling you My son Turn not to the left, nor to the right. This is the way to go. Or oh, my son, humble yourself. That's the one that we hardly hear, isn't it? Humble yourself. This shouting, this raking. You're wrong. Humble yourself. You will refuse. You will be arguing. At the end of the day, you now have to journey seven miles to get back to the point you could have picked many days ago. Do you understand? But the spiritual things we're learning now is this. We cannot break these laws and go free. Praise the Lord. Balaam at this point, God has said, don't go. Now a donkey had to speak. They had to crush his leg. He had to have all these experiences. But you know, he still went. Finally, God said, okay, let me even, you know, let's play this game. He still went, but he didn't succeed. And the man that hired him didn't pay him. In fact, the man was angry with him because the man now said, I hired you to curse. If you couldn't curse, you should at least keep quiet. Now you're blessing them. So everything went south for him. Why? Because he was not you know, sensitive to the spirit. Our prayer is that we will become sensitive. Praise the Lord. And be wise. Amen. Okay, one other different side to it now because what i'm trying for us to see here is to see how real the spiritual world is and how it controls so if his eyes were not opened he would never know what was happening if the donkey's mouth was not open he would never understand but he would just be wondering why these things happen but they are happening every day 
Praise the Lord. You know, that scripture we quoted, all things, everything is still under the control of God. Praise the Lord. You see, it's maturity for you and I to continue to grow to where, do you know really that if you truly believe God is all that he is, you will never lose your temper. Loss of temper is a reaction to loss of control. Do you understand? So, you come and you say, do this, this way, do this, this way, do this, this way. And they do the exact opposite of what you say they do. How many have that experience? Especially mothers eh, in the house. They say, do this, do this. And they do the exact opposite. Now, <laughs> you get angry, you do all of that. They heard what you said. That's what annoys you, right? But why do they just do the opposite thing? You don't know. Get in the spirit. I'm not here to tell you I know. Do you understand? But if we grow, what we should do at that point is, why does this man, why does this woman, why do they do the opposite of what I ask them? It's possible there is a place that you're failing that are still remarking. They are remarking self-control. They are remarking, you know, something. So that you get to the point where they, when they do the opposite, you say, ah, when will you hear? This is not what I told you to do. Once you get there, they will never do the opposite again. But every time you keep, you keep reacting, you keep reacting. You know, it's like um, the experience I had some time ago. They sent me uh, um, an information on my phone. And I wanted to forward it. I couldn't forward it. And I didn't understand. It was on WhatsApp. At least the few things I can do with my phone is that I can forward message. But I couldn't forward this. There was nothing I didn't do to forward it. I couldn't forward it. Until I got to, I, don't, I think it was Momichi or my daughter that said, but daddy, you have not downloaded it. Do you understand? You see, until you do one, you cannot cross. If you like, shout louder. Today, the person did it, you shout loud. Tomorrow, the person does it. You remember the shout of yesterday. Say it didn't work. You shout louder. Until you download Patience. <laughs> Do you understand? Until you download it, you keep running around in that environment. So, wisdom is this thing happens. You say it happened yesterday, they won't catch me today. You jump and pass. Then they'll say, Ah, he has passed the test. And he won't come again. How many of us know that there are some things that they don't test you on again? Because you have passed it. Do you know God's intent for you? It's that we come to the fullness. Of the stature of the knowledge of the Son of God, isn't it? He wants to build you into Christ. So imagine if you're carrying that bomb that doesn't look like Christ. They have to keep working to cut it off. So whereas you're blaming physical things, there's a spiritual goal that they want to achieve. Praise the Lord, somebody. There's a spiritual goal. So you fall down on your knees. That's why, you know, having time with God in prayer. And not the prayer where you just impress God and go. Prayer is conversation. So as you're praying, you're listening. Okay? And God is not hard of hearing. I mean, there are sometimes we're led to shout and, you know, declare and all of that. But also, most of prayer, well, not most of prayer, I mean, depending on the all manner of prayer. But it's also listening because sometimes God will just say, do this this way. And then you find out that what has been a roadblock, there is just instruction that makes a way for you. Is someone following me this evening? So these are spiritual things we learn that there's a world out there and we can't break it we are not that strong and because of god's project in our lives because of god's interest in our lives he must achieve that purpose praise the lord somebody we are going higher in jesus name 
We are passing our exams in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that's one side of it. Now, the other side of it, this side is on character and, you know, training. and The, the other side of it that I want you to see is the side of faith. Okay? And how simple faith, you know, should work. Come with me to Numbers 21 verse 4. It's the account of the children of Israel here now. I'm going to read from 4 to 9. It says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hall by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. Look at what is happening here. Five. They became discouraged. They complained. And what did God do in verse 6? God heard them. And God solved the problem for them. What did God do? He says, so. So means in response. Isn't it? To what happened in verse 5. What were they saying in verse 5? He says, there is no food. There is no water. Okay? Our soul loses this worthless bread. A response should be what? Give them food. Give them water. And give them better bread. Give them banana cake. (laughs) Do you understand? Isn't it? No, look at the screen. I want you to pick something here. Very important. You see, in the physical, eh, complaining might get you results. Strike action might get you results. In the spiritual, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, if you read the New Testament, one of the things the Bible highlighted, it says... And they complained and murmured against God. You know why is that painful? You see, if I complain about you, you complain about me. The truth is this. You may be wrong in your complaint. But if you had omniscience, because I'm not perfect, there are some things I should be blamed about. Is someone getting me now? If you complain about me, what you're complaining might be wrong, but it didn't make me right. I'm not perfect. God alone is. But God is perfect. So any complaint you complain about God is wrong. Any complaint you complain about God is, uh, what was this, is um, when you want to overthrow a government. Treason. It's treasonable. He's perfect. You can't, God can't improve. He's that perfect. So when you complain, God, you're not treating my life right. God, you should have done this for me before December. God, is, today is the 14th. God, why are you wasting time? Say, eh, you want to know what wasting time is? It doesn't work. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't work. The shortcut to relationship with God is gratitude. You know why? Because if you knew what he knew and his plans for you, you continue thanking him. In fact, one of the key things in prayer is just that if you get to pray, every morning you get to God, thank him for everything you can think of. You would have prayed well. You know why? He's worthy of thanks. Somebody that cannot improve, what are you complaining to him about? Somebody that is perfect. Somebody that does all things right. Somebody that makes all things beautiful in his time. Somebody that his thoughts towards your thoughts of good and never of evil to bring you to a future. And to, What are you complaining about? Praise the Lord. You know? So, they complain. Now, because God had his best plans for them, when they complained, the only response was, okay, what can we add? They say they send fairy serpents. That will not be a portion, though, in the name of Jesus. But you see, complainers are sad. 
I don't know whether it's God that is permitting them, but you murmur yourself. If you have anybody who is always complaining, who is always lamenting, they can't have joy. He says, so the Lord, in response to the complaint of no food, it wasn't food he gave them. He gave them something that was worthy of complaint. May God not give us something that is suitable to our speech. You know? He says, and they beat the people. And the people started what? They started dying. Okay. So they went again. <laughs> God is good. Verse 7. The people went to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. God heard them again. Isn't God good? He's a good God. Because if he's a human being, he said, No, nah, I won't answer you. That thing you said, you will see. He says, If we confess our faults, he's faithful and what? Just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? So they went, said they've sinned, they, you know, prayed to the Lord that they take away. So Moses prayed to the, to the Lord for the people. And look at the answer. Then the Lord said to Moses, okay, I've heard them. Make a fiery serpent. Set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is beaten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. So it was, if a serpent had beaten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, what I, I want us to learn from here is this. The spiritual dynamics of this life. The serpent bites them and they die. And then when they pray to God for healing, God didn't take away the serpents. But God said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, cover a serpent, put it on a pole, if anybody is beaten by that snake, let them go and look at the pole, at the serpent on the pole, and then they will leave. You know what God did? God was trying to get them to hallow him, to know his level. You see, taking away the serpent would have solved the problem. And it would be that the serpents that used to bite us and kill us are no more. But now the serpent is still biting. But because of God's instruction... You know how easy it is to look. It means that they can carry the serpent and put in their trousers and their shirt. And while the serpents are biting them, they'll just be looking at the bronze, brazen serpent. And nothing will happen to them, isn't it? Now, which one brings more glory and honor? Is he removing the serpent or what God? God has ways he walks in. But you see, if we don't understand spiritual dynamics, we won't appreciate the ways. In fact, I suspect that some of the children of Israel would have still died. Moses, we said, pray to God to remove the serpent. God didn't remove the serpent. But he said, make this fiery serpent and put it, if anyone is beaten, what was he doing? He was drawing them to a place of complete obedience. You see, God demands obedience. God loves obedience. God compels obedience. At the beginning, obey. In the middle, obey. At any point, obey. You know why? He's God and we're not God. And these are some of the challenges people have. A lot of people have not surrendered their lives to Christ because they don't understand why they must, you know, release and submit their lives to some other person. But he made you. Do you understand? He made you. It's important we understand that. There are so many ways he could have healed them or solved that problem. But he put it where that their obedience to his instruction will give them life. I like the way the verse 9 put it. It says, so it was. 
part B of verse 9. If a serpent had beaten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, what happened? He lived. He lived. And this brings us, you know, to where I, I want us to round up. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are what? Perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now, let me break this down. Now. The person who has a brother who the serpent beat and he looked and is alive. Now, another family will tell him, what foolish thing did Moses say we should do? Isn't that what they'll be saying? Because it doesn't make sense. But to the person who has experienced it, what is it? It's the difference between life and death. That's what the gospel is to you and I. So some people are wondering, what are you doing? Every day they go to church, every day they don't understand. Every time, ah, midweek, one day, ah, ah, what are you doing? They don't understand that their power is in it. Do you understand? But because they've never experienced it, to them it's foolishness. So, you know, a friend comes to you for cancer and say, my wife did this, my wife did this. And you tell him, ah, you know, women, you know, love her. He's a foolish man. I, no wonder I didn't know you were a woman rapper. He gets angry and goes. To him it is foolishness, but to you that is doing it, it is the power of God because as you obey God, the power of God brings the desired result. That's Christianity. So what am I trying to say now? If the Christian does not understand this, he will be confused and will never be solid. Why? Because the instructions of God will always appear foolish until they're obeyed. How do you explain to me that I'm a sinner? I know I'm guilty of many things. And then I hear the gospel. They say, if you want to receive forgiveness of sins, raise your hands. And I raise my hands, I come to the altar. And then I return the same day to my house, all my sins forgiven. And then you tell your friends, I'm not, I'm born again now. Ah, hey, no. And they say, look at you, holy man. We know the thing, where would they do? They know the thing, where you they do before, but the you who they know has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that is living. But you see, to them it's foolishness because they have not experienced it. But you now, you know you're a new creation. All things have passed away. How did it happen? How did it happen? Which exam did you pass? By faith. The conclusion of spirituality is faith in God. Are you getting it now? It's faith in God. It's say, look and live. The wisdom of God. To men it is foolishness. Somebody who is not in that environment say, no, please don't tell me that nonsense. You know, the serpent beats you, the venom is inside there, and they look. How do you connect a look with neutralizing a venom? How do you connect it? Tell your neighbor it's spiritual. Tell somebody it's spiritual. Say, I'm coming out and it's going to be spiritual. God is healing me and it's going to be spiritual. God will bless me and it's going to be spiritual. There's a spiritual foundation to what we are talking about. The wisdom is not on this level. We will make it. We will triumph. It says from victory unto victory. His armies shall live. Why? Because there's a spiritual victory that has been won on our behalf. He said, tell them to look. That's what faith in Christ is. Our Lord Jesus referred to it. He says, just as Moses raised the serpent in the wilderness, so the son of man shall be raised. That whosoever looks to him shall live. That's what we have now. So you walk around, people wonder what confidence is this that you have. The confidence you have is that somebody don't do the work. He told you the secret. Praise the Lord. That same First Corinthians 18. Come with me to 25. Verse 25. It says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Stop it. The spiritual man must understand this. The spiritual man understands that the foolishness of God is what? Is wiser than men. 
If you read the text that we jump, you begin to see where the Bible says the Greeks seek after wisdom. And the Jews are looking for a sign. But to us who believe, it's the power of God. It's working. Hallelujah. It's working. It's working. It doesn't look like it should work, but it's working. They said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Go forward. What do you have in your hands? Strike the water. God, if you want to part the Red Sea, know what you're going to do. This thing I've been using, I put my head on it. He said, use that same thing and strike the water. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. So we conclude tonight with a wisdom that is not of this world. Please help me with 1 Corinthians 2, 6. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to us. In this, you know, call to operate in the spirit that God has, you know, is inviting us to, there is a wisdom you must begin to acquaint yourselves with. It's a wisdom that is not the wisdom of this age. The wisdom of this age has its own application. It has its own level, but it has limitations. It says it's coming to what? Nothing. It expires. It's a wisdom that when it meets some situations, it can't work again. Janus and Jambres, the magicians of Moses, by wisdom, by occultic practice and manipulation, they could also drop their rods and it would turn to serpents. Some scholars said that what happened then was that that perfected the act of hypnotism. They have perfected the act of hypnotism that they would take snakes and so paralyze it that they become snake, stiff. So that when they strike it on the ground, you know, that shock revives it. So that whatever it was, they had a wisdom. So when Moses came on the scene and, you know, did what God told him, dropped his own rod and he turned into a snake, uh, Pharaoh laughed and said, this one, uh, he said, Martins, come. Basi, come. Ahmed, come. <laughs> and they came and, yeah, this thing where would they practice all the time. They did their own. It all turned into serpents. Pharaoh was smiling. But little did he know that wisdom passed wisdom. Power passed power. I love the word of God. You see, God could have prevented them from doing it, but they wouldn't learn the lesson. So their own snake came out. All of them were there. Moses said, okay, this is the last you see all of your snakes. Moses' snake swallowed all of them. And Moses picked it. He went back into his life. Why? All power belongs to God. All power belongs to God. They didn't learn that lesson, but you and I are learning it. There is a wisdom that is superior. Tonight, as we are closing, I want you to thank God for that wisdom is available to you. As a man of the spirit, as a woman of the spirit, is a wisdom superior. Somebody, somebody is proposing to you, but it looks foolish to marry him, to agree to her or whatever it is. But if you check in the spirit, you might see a wisdom that says he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. But this man is of the spirit. This is the one that will bring you into that calling, that place where God has designed for you. There's a business there are decisions and instructions God has spoken to you but on the surface it doesn't look like it this is not the path you choose to go but tonight we are learning that there is a wisdom that to the people of this world looks like foolishness but not to God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men Lord I thank you for access into this superior wisdom Thank you for opening my eyes to dimensions of things in the spirit so that I do no longer lean on the wisdom of men. I don't have to follow. Statistics is wisdom of men. 
Projections are wisdom of men. You're two today, you're three tomorrow, you're four tomorrow. In the next five days, you'll be nine. That is wisdom of men. But there's a wisdom that does not go in that projection. There's a wisdom that might appear as if you're going down. Many of God's saints, the life, the experience you've had in the past couple of years, is as though they're burying you. But God is the resurrection and the life. When he wanted to fulfill this promise concerning Joseph, Joseph went from the manager of Potiphar's house into a villain, into a convict. And then from there, the wisdom of God catapulted him. God is saying concerning somebody, you may be going down. And it will appear to the world as though you're being buried. But I assure you it's for a resurrection. There's a raising to a newness of life. There's a turnaround. There are things that are going to come to be. Why? Because God is putting some spiritual finishing touches. That will equip you for the dimension that he wants you to operate at. And there are things you cannot learn unless you're in this situation. He said learn them quickly. Because the turnaround is coming. There's a wisdom that is superior. The people of this world will reject it, will fight it. But you and I, because we are spiritual, we know it's the Father's hand that is upon us. And the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because there's a juices in his looking at. There's a place he's taking you. Now you can't speak. Now nobody knows your voice. Nobody's hearing you. Nobody's acknowledging you. But you sense the work of God. God is working in you. Child of God, rejoice. Because the wisdom of God is that he hides you until it is time. He says, John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the time of his showing. When he came out, the soldiers left their stations and reported in the wilderness for him to give them briefly. Father, we thank you. Lord, we'll give you praise. Thank you for insight. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for a heart of obedience. We hallow you, O Lord our God. You are God alone. From before time began, you were on your throne. You are God alone. We will forever worship you. Thank you, O Lord our God. For in Jesus Christ's name we worship. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.